we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. This Tri-Faith series has been for me. It has challenged me and stretched me in so many areas, and I just thank, thank God for it. I was telling my wife the other day, you know, y'all know me. I'm not ever trying to preach in a condescending tone or talk down or think I'm better or anything like that. That's just not my personality. Sometimes it's to a fault where people forget that I do have authority in Christ and in the position that God has given me. So to a fault, sometimes people forget it because I don't taunt it or I don't promote it or anything. But I will say in the area of tried faith that there are decisions that I have made, me and my wife, um, in our time being together and different things in ministry where our faith was tried and and we, we, we were victorious in those areas. And I can teach you something. It's not arrogant or nothing, but I, I can. I can teach you something. I can teach you something about those things, even going against pop culture, going against the culture, going against family, going against advice of others and different things we've had to do where we just decided that we were going to do things God's way and the way he was telling us, and we held to that, and it paid off dividends. We were blessed by it. And so in this area, I'm not speaking as a novice. I mean, I'm just being real. I mean, I ain't trying to get no position, and you can be like Dathan and Cora them and say we equal it. You can do that all you want, but in some of these areas, I could help you. And that's why I'm preaching it, because we have had uh, some success in some of these areas. Not everything, but in some of these areas, uh, we, you know, um, and we, we, we've done well in them. And so that's why I was selected by God to teach you about it. Can I say that without somebody getting? But, um, but yeah, so I feel like, you know, even though, you know, and, and in studying it, you know, I mean, there's, you can't open the Bible without learning something. No matter who you are. Uh, the Bible is living. So it's just going to teach you something. But yeah, in some of these areas. Yeah, and that's why I was telling the men the other night and different things. I mean, we, you know, God gives us sometimes successes in certain areas so that we can help other people in those areas. Y'all believe that? Ain't that what you come for? Amen. If you come in just to laterally, you know, uh, hang and all that, then that's not going to last long. Because we are about the word maturing us. So as a pastor, or, or even on this subject right here, this is not coming from a novice standpoint, but it's coming from experience. So I hope it has blessed you. Amen. Amen. My mama tell you, since I was young, I was different. I thought different. You know, I was just a different, I, would, I mean, the crowd didn't influence me. I was always the influence. But that was just what God called me to be. I mean, even at a young age, I mean, I was misusing it, but I began to learn that there would be things, and it's been hard, too. There are hard things that I would have to go through to try me to make sure I was in the position to be able to teach this. Does that make sense? Yeah, so what you see now, you see the glory, but ooh, you don't know the story. You don't. And so don't be looking now and be like, he no, you don't know. You don't know. Only a handful know the story that were there from the beginning. But things that I've gone through and things that we've gone through, we just want to help you with. Is that all right? 
And P31, when my wife is talking, she's talking with authority. Don't think she's not. This is stuff she's been through. This is stuff we've seen. Don't think that we are sitting here and, and, and being over 500 folks and we're not learning from y'all and learning from, diff, you know, learning different people and different behaviors and all of that. I mean, we know stuff you don't know just because of our vantage point. I could say one thing and it can be interpreted 20 different ways. You only know the way you interpreted it. But I got to deal with all 20 of those ways. That's all right. Amen. Amen. So you don't just decide to pastor. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't. Don't even be talking about it. Let God select you because you got to have a special grace to do it. Amen. Or you will kill yourself. All right. Limitations. 3 and 25. Some of y'all have never read this book. It's a good book. A lot of wisdom in this book. The Lord is good unto them that what? The Lord is good unto them that what? Oh, this is the wait message. Get ready. It's going to go down on this message. This is the wait message. Look at somebody say, don't do it yet. Boy, you don't have enough information yet. You haven't been through enough yet. You have not properly surveyed that situation. God is slow. God is not time. Our realm has time. So when God moves, it doesn't register in our realm as time because he's timeless. So <laughs> you won't rush him. Okay? And anytime you're in a hurry, it's the devil. It's the devil. You got to do it all way. You scurrying. God don't. That's not even his character. Read the Bible. You will learn. God is always sitting back chilling. Why would you be in a hurry and you know the beginning and the end? Why would you be in a hurry if you are the beginning and the end? That means you can literally change it at will. You're in control of everything. The one that's in control of everything moves slow. You ain't never seen Jerry Jones run. Why would Jerry Jones run? He's a billionaire. Billionaires don't run. Why is a billionaire in a hurry? In a hurry for what? He can buy his way out of anything. Man, I, I found out George Lucas is worth Five billion dollars. You think he runs anywhere? Do you think he gets dressed fast? <laughs> he doesn't have to. Five, five billion? Nine zeros? And a number. Some of y'all got nine zeros. <laughs> he has nine zeros. Preceded by a number. That changes everything, don't it? Oh, I have nine zero. I got 20 zeros. <laughs> Five billion. So he's not in a hurry. That's God. God is, he just, 
you're in a hurry because of decisions you may have made, circumstances you may have put yourself in. Think about it. Why were they already, why was Daniel in the lion's den before God closed the mouth of the lions? Daniel didn't ever have to even go down in there. But God is like, he'd be all right. The Hebrew boy, they, that could have, man, God could have stopped a lot of things from happening. But God was just, just he's not in a hurry. He's like, man, you know what? I'm just going to wait so that they can see what I can do. That's God. But the devil is always, come on, man, do it, do it, do it, do it. Because he don't want you to give any thought to it. He don't want you to hear the Lord. He's going to rush you and push you. I could stop preaching now. I just preached, didn't I? That was good. Yeah, I've had, a, I had several older men tell me that. Just don't be in a hurry. I remember one of them, one of my favorite preachers who died. He died pretty young, Melvin Smith, but he taught me that. It's like, God ain't never in a hurry, bro. If it's, if it's in a hurry, it's not God. And that's what we have to remember. We, because we put ourselves in positions where we need stuff quick. That don't mean God did it. Amen. And don't put yourself in a position where you need God quick. You can't look at somebody and say, you can't hurry. Ain't that an old song? You can't hurry, God. Oh, you can't hurry, God. We ain't thinking about you. Mm-mm, man, God will let you die so you can be resurrected. So, the Lord is good unto them that what? Wait for him. To the soul that what? seeketh him so God is good to those that will wait and while they're waiting they're doing what seeking it is good that a man should both hope and what don't just wait but what what quietly see the only way you can wait is quietly you can't keep telling people what you wait on because people will begin to hurry you. Then in your own mind, you'll start hurrying you if you keep saying wait. You'll start, it'll start registering how long you're waiting. But if you get somewhere and shut up. Then you won't put pressure on yourself to do something that you shouldn't. Man, I'm preaching in here. This is good to me good to my belly it's good that a man should wait but both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the lord it is good for a man that he does what this is this part is so difficult to preach to to millennials i got a room full of millennials give me a minute it's good for a man that he suffers, don't get stuff, don't acquire a lot of things, don't overdo it, don't impress people, don't overload himself, don't go and get stuff that is going to be hard to keep when you're young. It's good that a man turn off Instagram and quit competing. I did. You see 40 and 50 year old men getting stuff. You 20 and 30, you can't get it. 
You just can't get it now. Good that a man that he bear is good for a man that he struggles in his youth. That's what it's saying. You don't learn much by getting stuff and losing it. You really don't. That, that just feels like crap. It's better that you wait so nobody can take it. I preach about the truth behind hip-hop, and I talk about the Satanism and the sex and the lust and perversion and junk in the music. But that's not the worst part of today's music. The worst part of today's music is covetousness. Because that's all they're talking about, what they got that you don't have. And you start wanting it. You ain't going to listen to it all day about rolling around in my Bentley and you going and starting up your Yugo. Do they still make those? But it is good for a man that he bears yoke when? When he's young. But if you're listening to music that's promoting going and getting it so you can floss. But these millennials today, man, they try to floss and don't have it like that. You don't have the backing of God or your wallet. Your wallet is against you. But in your youth, that's when you bear the yoke. That's when you struggle a little. That's when you just don't go get everything. You, that's when you do without. Do without. Everybody getting it? Do it out in your youth. That way you're building equity in God. You're worried about equity in the home. You need some equity in God where he can trust you. God is telling some of y'all, I ain't giving it to you because the first thing you're going to do is take pictures and put it online and try to make somebody covered. Somebody's scared of this message because it's too close to home. Somebody's heart is beating fast in their youth. It's good for a man to just wait, man. Chill out and wait. Some folks don't talk to me because they know that's what I'm going to say. After service, they all, all, all the way across the room. Pastor. Yeah, they stay away because they know I'm going to say, brother, no. No, no. Can I talk about folks with child support? Because that's a big thing. You know, we got a lot of mixed families and different things like that. And, you know, I've had several brothers come to me about, you know, reaching out and doing some things. Don't put stuff online if you're paying child support. You don't have to clap. This is, this is just for that, that sect of millennials. If you're paying child support, you put it online and baby mama see it, you're going to court. <laughs> Whatever you had saved up that you thought was going to be extra, she's going to take it. Because you put it online and she saw it. My page would be blank. <laughs> I wouldn't even have an avatar. You'd never know what I was doing. I wonder where they are. I can't even find them in the people search. Did they disappear? Just I'd be putting a picture of some old shacks, hillbillies. All my favorite musicians is bluegrass. He done went grassroots. Yeah, don't do that. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but the Lord just wanted me to tell you that. 
just don't do, don't floss online if somebody can get you for it. The IRS watching some of y'all. That's what Facebook was created for. You done done the eye scan and everything. Your avatar is moving. <laughs> IRS computer. They just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seeing a whole lot of stuff that I didn't see on the paper they sent in. <laughs> Amen. Okay, let me get into the message. What time is it? Lord, this is going to be good. It's been good already, hasn't it? Did you learn something? Amen. And look, not the fault. I know things happen before you got saved or sometimes while you were saved and child support, all that stuff. I'm not saying that's life, but I'm just telling you how to have a better life so you don't do something stupid that's going to keep getting you in trouble. Amen. Amen. And wait till you're a little older before you start trying to come up. If I, if I get a call from 10 brothers, a text, an email from 10 brothers in one week since Wednesday about this stuff, then you know I'm going to say something. That means it's an epidemic because the enemy came in here to cause discontentment. You know what the devil want to do? He wanted to bring you here, make you move here by faith. Bring all your stuff, went against everybody, move down here, and then get overloaded to the point to where you can't plug in. You so overloaded by trying to have and do all of this until now you got to knock the fellowship down a few notches. So you can handle all that you've put on yourself. Why did you come again? Why are you here again? You're here for the word, but you can't even be here to hear the word because you work three jobs? Hey Amen. Live on what you can live on and then live less than that. If you quit posting and looking, you won't worry about what other people are doing. Tried faith is really a tried weight. Waiting on God takes faith and perseverance through what? Tough times. Psalms 27 and 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall what? If you wait on the Lord and keep your courage, don't quit, he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I like that he said, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. He's just in that heart. Wait, he said it again. That's how important it is. Wait on the Lord. Waiting is all about what? Consistency and focus. That's what waiting is. In order to truly stay focused, we must keep our eyes off the world and not be motivated by worldly enticements. John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man is in love with the stuff that the world has, the love of the Father is what? Being consistent and staying the course while we wait on God is impossible if we take our eyes off him. You can't wait and not watch him. You can't be waiting on the Lord and watching people. That's going you're gonna you're gonna make a mistake. You can't wait on the Lord and compete with people. You can't wait on the Lord and keep up with folk. You can't wait on the Lord. You gotta do your own. Amen. That's how I've always been. Man, I don't care what everybody's doing. I'm gonna do my own. That's why me and an elder got along so well growing up. 
because he's just like me. He don't. <laughs> Listen to him. He's like, no. He don't care what folks around him are doing. He don't care. He going to do what he feels he needs to do. And we, we, are, we are one of the same. I, I, I'm not motivated by folks. Hey, I'm not getting in trouble because of people. Being consistent and staying the course while we wait on God, it's just impossible if you're not watching him. If he is the source of our supply, then he must be pleased. How are you going to sing the song, he's the source of my supply, and you're not pleasing the, supply, the supplier? You got to please the supplier if you want some of that source. Oh, the amens are thinning out, boy. Come on, I need some uh, Generation X's to start speaking up because the millennials, we done lost them. <laughs> Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to what? He's going to give you all of your needs according to his riches in glory. So if he's a supplier, shouldn't you try to please the supplier? If you got a job, you counting on your employer to give you a check. He's your supplier. So you treat your employer a little better than you treat some other folks. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. When you can't stand them, you smiling. You late every, you've been late too much. And who you make, I'm the only reason I'm going to let you have this job is because I feel sorry for you. Love you too. Because you're thinking about that check. Well, why don't we, why don't we do the same with God? If he's our supplier, then we should be trying to please him. God ain't blessing old compromiser. Oh, wishy-washy. And when it come to money, you're going to make a dumb decision every time. He said, a man that wavers, he said, don't let that man think he's going to get anything from me. Selfish ambition causes us to overextend ourselves. Uh-oh. And overextending is painful. That hurts when you've overextended yourself and you have no time for yourself or anybody else's self because you're trying to take care of what you should not have. Selfish ambition, it causes us to overextend ourselves, which will always what? An overextended person, their faith starts changing. Instead of having faith for God to act, they got to change all their prayers and start praying for God to work out the chaos they created. So now they can't wait on the hand of God. Now they got to play catch up and pray for the junk that they messed up. You behind the eight ball. Always running to catch up. Every time you hit your knees, you talking about what you need. Help me, Lord. You can't wait now. <laughs> you behind the eight ball, bro. Yeah, don't overextended yourself and got under some stuff that you should not have gotten under, but you was listening to the whispers of the crowd, watching the Instagram posts. Now you're out there. Lord, every time you kneel to pray, oh, Lord, I said I wouldn't go back to slanging. But, God, if you don't do something in the next 20 minutes, 20 minutes, you might as well just go get some rocks, bro. Because God ain't showing up in 20 minutes. You just, just, just start greasing the Uzi. 
Because you about to get back out there. Go get the old Tech 9. You know they had them old guns back when they were slanging. <laughs> the Tech 9. More fire get on you than the people you shooting. Old set it off gun. Just, just gone. <laughs> you might as well. I mean, what is that? You're going to go back on your own word? Why are you going back on your word? Because you're overextended. You can't keep your word and be overextended. You're going to change your mind. And when you change your mind, it changes your faith. And it changes your prayers. It changes your relationship with God. Because now it's not a, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now it's, Lord, I need you to do. Man, oh. Oh, I felt something on that part. Y'all can look at me crazy if you want to, but you know God is speaking to you. Oh, yes, you do. That's why you're looking like that. Selfish ambition causes us to overextend, which will always change our faith. Luke 21 and 34 says, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeiting. Surfeiting is overextending yourself, doing too much. Taking in too much. Trying to keep too much. More than what you should have. That's surfeiting. He said, take heed that your heart is not overcharged with it. With that. Because that's going to lead to drunkenness. You're going to need something to take the pain away. Yeah, it could just be MSG. I said somebody the other day, MSG is a drug. That's why you eat 40 bags of chips every time you start feeling down. You ain't eating them for them chips. You don't like potatoes that much. Go eat 12 potatoes. Let's see if you can finish those. You ain't eating those. No, you need that monosodium glutamate. That's a drug. It gives you a high. Makes you forget your problems. That's why your spoon got to hit the bottom of the bluebell container. Got to hit the bottom. I thought you was allergic to dairy. I am. But sometimes this dairy make me, oh, it just make me feel so good. Dairy and sugar. Mm. He said, make sure you don't overcharge your heart with surfeiting, getting drunk, and the cares of this life. Letting the cares of this, you piling stuff on, responsibilities on. You're just piling them on. You ain't counting no real cost. Well, I'm doing well on my job. And, you know, so the, the mortgage company, they just, they just told me. Man, do you understand a Republican is in office? Do you even know what that means? You ain't even researched that. How all of that changes based on which party has the White House. Better get by the getting is good and getting the good and the good is getting. We're going to put it in our, our parakeet's name. He ain't got no last name, just Ralph on the application. What? You know, and then, and, and then see, God is so meticulous. 
God, will, God wants you to go through and fix everything before you make a decision like that. You're going to sign a 30-year mortgage. Go fix everything first. See, look, I just lost. I should have took offering before I said that. Before you get behind the eight ball and can't fix it. Now you're pinching off God's money, and now you're forfeiting future blessings. Now you're stuck with what, just what you can make. With no all on it. I need all on my finances. I'll always give because I need God to make my stuff go further than what it's supposed to go. Am I preaching, Delvin? I feel like it. I can't get no amens from these young folk. In this state, we are always trying to make things work out that should not be in our pathway. Surfeiting causes us to carry frustration and the worst feelings of failure in our hearts, which will always lead to what? Sin. Once you pile it all on you, and you can't take care of them, you're fighting to take care of them, you start feeling bad, what you going to do? You're going to do something to feel good. You're going to sin. That's why he said it in that scripture. So the day, you don't want the day to come take you unaware while you all out in sin because you didn't overcharge your heart. Yeah. yeah, we've had people just flat out bounce from ABC. Folks, I thought would be here for the long haul. They had to leave because they overdid it. Overextended themselves and they started looking at my money. Can I preach in here? Yeah. Start picking apart my finances and what I'm driving and ah. Well, you wasn't looking like that before, but then you went and got stuff that you shouldn't have got. Now you feel some kind of way about what I got. That's the first thing they do. Yeah, they go overload themselves and then, well, hmm, hmm, are you looking at what I got? But surfeiting causes us to carry these frustrations, and it's going to lead to sin. Proverbs 16 and 25, there is a way that seems right unto a, oh, gosh. But at the end thereof are the what? When we lack patience and consistency, the devil gets a foothold in our lives and will war in our minds to make us jealous and envious of others. We done done something we shouldn't have done, put ourselves in a bad position. Now we're jealous. How did he do it? And praying that to the Lord. Lord, I mean, how did he do it, God? I mean, I mean, what's you said that I'm supposed to be the head and not to tell how he get everything. The Lord is like, I ain't big mama. <laughs> I'm God. You don't talk to me. Woo. Thank God I'm not God. Look at somebody say, thank God he's not God. Oh my God, I'm not God. Because if I was God, you would even get finished. Why pow? <laughs> when we lack patience, this condition can cause what? That's Cain syndrome. That's what this position can be called Cain syndrome. That's what Cain, now he had, that's, that was his problem. Looking at his brother. I mean, God, I mean, God is like, man, why are you even looking at him? I, I'm, won't you just do us right? Nah, but he over there, I mean, he, he just got every, he did. And then when they killed him. Amen. That's why I stay strapped. But you start looking at my stuff, I don't know what you'll do. Don't see me out somewhere and try something. It's going down. 
better surprise me real good, bro. If I got two seconds, 1.5, it's going down. <laughs> Think I won't when I will. This condition can be called, it's Kane syndrome. And this is the downfall of many. Romans 12 and 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be what? You don't chase the world. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because if your mind is renewed and you're not thinking like the world, then you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect what? If you're thinking like the world, you don't know the will of God. You know the will of the world. What would look good, what should happen, what I think I ought to, what I want, what mama told me and daddy said I should, what I you got to be transformed from that so that you will do what God says. And what God wants is going to go against the world. Always. When we take our eyes off him, we lose our pace and move faster than God desires. This time and issue is at the core of every failed marriage, failed financial situation, and failed creation role. You take your eyes off him, you're going to lose your pace, and you're going to move faster. Moving faster is expensive. It's going to cost you more to move faster. Amen. Y'all better hear me. 1 Timothy 6 and 10. Look at somebody say, wait your turn. When you learn how to wait your turn, You'll celebrate folks for stuff they got. Amen. But you can't just jump up and do that. You got to have wisdom. You got to be in God's pace. Move according to God's pace. How do I know his pace? Well, what does it feel like? Do you feel rushed? You're waking up in cold sweats like James Brown said. You just got a feeling like, man, maybe... 1 Timothy 6 and 10. This is a tough message to, to preach because y'all don't see the looks I'm getting. The love of money is the root of all evil. Everybody stops there. Let's see what the rest of that scripture says. Which while some coveteth after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many chasing money you done erred from the faith <laughs> and pierced yourself. You know that hurts? You have hurt yourself with many sorrows. Chasing. The world's pace is dictated by what we see and what others are doing. But God's pace is based upon the unseen future and only what he knows what we will encounter Later on, everything is a sense. What? Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Man, if you're doing it right, don't be weary. You don't have to be weary. For in due, what? Later on. That's what due season means. Not right now. Due season means not. Look at somebody say due season means not right now. In due season, mean another season is due. 
While you in any season, another season is due. But not right now. Like the dude on Gladiator, not yet. If we don't give up, though, if we faint not, that means if you don't just jump up and do something and you can't wait till the due season, you need it now, then no, he's not talking to you. You're going to be weary and well-doing. Having the faith to wait for God is all about trusting him with our future and remaining content with our present situations. Psalms 119 and 36, incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to what? Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Summary! The cares of this life can snatch the truth of God's word right from under us. Snatch it. The cares of this life will just, just snatch it. You've been in here, got full of the word, got the understanding, man. You can decode the Nephilim agenda like no other. Oh, you know the Illuminati backward and forward. Eh? They, they, every commercial you drawing on the TV. Look at that. Look, watch this symbol that. Oh, they tried to sneak that in. Do you see that? But it'll snatch the truth of God's word right from under you. The cares of this life. You could be, I mean, really, it doesn't matter. It was just, I've seen folks that were giants in the spirit realm i mean i i've seen guys raised that that could raise the dead that have laid hands. i saw i know one dude these dudes were so spiritually powerful but the cares of this life snatched all of that away overdoing it the very foundation of what we believe can be altered by greed and discontentment Judas could not even accept the greatest teacher of all times because he stayed focused on the money. Judas was with Jesus. But he couldn't even learn from him because he kept his eyes on the money and the desire to have more. Cain coveted his brother's sacrifices to the point of murder. He could not even see what God had for him because he was so enamored with being equal or greater than his own brother. When we are driven to excel based on people and their opinions, we abandon our waiting, testing, and trying period that God has designated for us. You know God has a waiting, testing, and trying period designated for you. This causes us to move ahead of our plan, of his plan, and wreak havoc not only on our lives, but the lives of our loved ones. Families mm, begin to resent and even hate each other because of the struggles that discontentment has caused. That's the leading cause of divorce. Yeah, money. It's not cheating. It's money. The leading cause. Start hating each other over money. Many abandon the love they once shared and their feelings began to change because their love became centered in the things that they desired and the impression they wanted to make on others. Having that $50,000 wedding 
with $5 love. That's going to end bad. This is the leading cause of divorce, adultery, substance abuse, and sexual vice. When we are down on ourselves because we cannot keep up the pace we set for ourselves, then we begin to see people as obstacles in our way instead of esteeming them higher than ourselves. These brothers wake up one day and think their wife is in their way. These wives wake up and think their husband is in their They think their kids are in their way. This will cause us to attack people, hurt them, falsely accuse them, and even murder. All because we did not wait on God, but chose to go after what we wanted without him. Waiting on God teaches us patience so we can be complete and wanting nothing. Until we learn to wait, we will continue to what? To struggle. Matthew 6 and 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you're going to eat. What you're going to drink. And nor for your body. What you're going to wear. Is not the life more than meat and body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in the barn. They don't save and store up nothing, yet the heavenly Father feedeth them. Aren't you better than them? Which of you, by having racing thoughts, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, anxiety and depression, Fatigue, chronic fatigue. Which one of you by do, having all of that is going to even add an inch to your own height? You can't add anything to yourself. You got all this worry going on and you aren't even in control. And why are you taking thought for clothes? He said, consider the lilies of the field, how they may grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet, I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. You know why the Bible said Solomon? How much money did I tell you? What's his name? Was worth? Uh, George Lucas? Five, that's a five and nine zeros. You know how much Solomon was worth? 2.1 trillion. Hey! You know, it's a trillion dollars. Eddie! Eddie! Trillion! <laughs> Mike, I can't, I can't go on. 2.1 trillion? Forty-five Tons of gold a day is what the miners brought him. Well. <laughs> and what gets me excited is God gave him that. God gave him that because when God came to him and asked him, what do you want? He didn't ask for that. Oh, I could preach that. That's another message. Let me stay on it. He didn't ask for it. God was like, because you didn't ask me for it, I'm going to give you all of it. You know, do you know that 2.1 trillion is all of it? 
that's all of it. Nobody's even close. The closest person is David Rockefeller. 600 billion. 600 billion. That's as close. 2.1 trillion. Oh my gosh. I mean, I get excited because that just, like, anybody trying to chase that is just going to lose. You know why you're going to lose? Because the Bible said he's the richest man that ever lived. The Bible spoke that, so you can't, you can't do it. You, somebody could try to cheat it and put all the money together. You can't go come up with 2.1. It's not that much. Nowhere. They're still looking for it. God was like, when Solomon's gone, I'm taking it. He's taking it with him. You won't be able to inherit it. Nobody. Because I said he's the richest man that would ever live. Man, that's good to be. That just shows God's awesomeness. Amen. You can't spend that much. Some of you, some of you looking like you don't know me. Get me in them shoe stores. I, I just might <laughs> get my hair done four times a day. He says, but Solomon and all his glory, all his glory, he wasn't even dressed like these lilies of the field. Wherefore, if God clothed the grass of the field, which today is and then tomorrow just gone, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or with all shall we be clothed? For all these things, the pagans seek. That's what that word translates to. Pagan, y'all talking like pagans, man. Y'all heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all of these. Oh, and then Jesus preaches. But seek ye first. The what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, I promise you, all of these things are going to be added. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.